You're listening to Law and Gospel on this February the 28th in the year of our Lord, 2024. Now, normally February the 28th, well, that's the last day of February, but not this year. It's a leap year. So tomorrow is February the 29th, an additional day during leap year. But what we're going to do today is take another look at a lesson from the third Sunday in Lent this coming Sunday. We had examined Exodus chapter 20, the Ten Commandments on Monday. Today we're going to be taking a look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 18 to 31. It begins... For the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. What what is meant by saying that the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing? Well, there are people who think the cross Jesus' suffering, his death, and resurrection is foolishness. They deny its power to save them from eternal destruction. Paul makes a major point of this in this letter to the Corinthians, knowing that the cross of Christ, though, is the way God saves us. In in fact, Mark Smith yesterday on the hymn for the day was talking about under may God bestow on us his grace, the means of grace. Now that's meaning, what is the means God uses to get you to heaven? For example, What is the means that I use to get to church? Well, I drive a car. What's the means that I use to go see a movie when I was a teenager? Well, I would get money from my parents and they'd let me go see a movie. What is the means of, well, you're hungry. How do you get filled? It's food. So the means of grace is referring to the way that you are saved. No one in the world has a proper understanding of that. I'm talking about the unbelievers, the foolish ones. They believe that if there is a way of salvation, It is by their works. That's a huge difference between law and gospel. When we examined the Ten Commandments on Monday, we discovered not only what God does not want us to do, but also what he wants us to do. But both of those are found to be lacking in our works perfectly. In fact, we do not have the right motivation to do what God wants us to do. 
and therefore we fail to reach his glory. God is holy, and his holiness is so far from us that there is nothing we can do to climb to it. So God climbed down to us in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And he became incarnate for the purpose of dying on the cross for our sins. That's the message of the Christian faith. Verse 19 of 1 Corinthians chapter 1 says, For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Now, what God is saying there is that the wisdom of the wise that believes that we're going to be saved by our works falls short of the glory of God. Yes, not long ago on YouTube, I was taking a look at a, another religion, Zoroastrianism, and they were saying, that is really an interesting religion. They thought that it was the first religion that spoke about only having one God. Well, the trouble is Zoroastrianism did not occur until the first century BC. And Christianity, when did it begin? It did not begin with the birth of Christ. No, it began with the creation of the world and Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve were totally sinless and remained sinless until they rebelled against God. Christianity is obviously begun when they rebelled against God just read Genesis 3.15. God promises a savior through the seed of Eve. Now, of course, that didn't finally occur until the seed of Mary, where she became pregnant as a virgin and became the mother of God, namely Jesus the Christ. So Paul continues, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? So Zoroastrianism, you know how they believe that you're saved? Like every other religion in the world, they believe that there is a heaven and a hell. And they believe that those who do good here on earth go to heaven and those who do bad go to hell. Now, in their religion, they think they're actually people who reach 
that goodness that allows them to go to heaven. But that is not true. No one of their own will, and Zoroastrianism talked about free will. But as Martin Luther says, free will is an imagination of the worldly man. They think that you can choose between good and bad. But you see, if you are an unbeliever, that means you do not have faith. And therefore, you do not have the proper motivation in doing good works. You may do good works outwardly, but it's always for a selfish reason. I mean, how many times do you hear people in the world say, oh, I can do this good work, but what is in it for me? That's what they're looking at. I, I saw a really interesting statement recently about dogs. Hadn't really thought about that. But what it said was this. A dog is one of the only creatures in creation that loves you more than it loves itself. And those of us who have had dogs, I had an Alaskan Malamute. Boy, when I came home, he'd be jumping up and down. He had great joy. He'd be running to me all the time. He was a good friend. Yes. Well, that's how we are to be towards our neighbor. We should love them more than we love ourselves. But that is not what the wise or the scribes or the debaters of this age think. Paul asks this question. Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom. It pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who, and what's the next word? You would think it would be who obey. It's not. But we preach to save those who believe. So Paul now makes a distinction between Jews and Gentiles. For Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. Now we saw that among the Pharisees. They would keep asking Jesus, well, what sign is there? that you can give us, that you are the Messiah. And remember the sign he gave them? As Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days, so also the Son of Man will be in the grave of the earth for three days. But as Jonah also 
was spit up onto the beach from the fish that swallowed him, so also Christ will be raised from the dead. They did not recognize that as a sign. Even when Jesus rose from the dead, they thought it was a trick of the devil. And Greeks seek wisdom. That's when Paul went to the Agora in Greece, and they were very interested in the words that God was saying, or that Paul was saying about God, because they loved philosophy. I just was looking at another YouTube item, and they were trying to describe what philosophy was. They said philosophy is helping you to see the reality of the world. In other words, philosophy is from two Greek words. Phileo means love of, and Sophia means wisdom. So philosophers, they love to talk about their wisdom in trying to decipher what the world is like. I mean, it's really ridiculous. They, they may use things even from creation. I was watching another YouTube where they're bringing back to Earth a part of an asteroid. Now, it's just a few pieces from an asteroid, but they say, well, that will help us to understand how the universe was created. Boy, if that isn't silly, because when God created the universe, asteroids were created on that first day. There were asteroids even during the time of Adam and Eve, and they did not turn into the earth. The earth also was created out of nothing. That's what Genesis says. So, 1 Corinthians 1 says that the stumbling block that we preach to the Jews and the Gentiles, namely the cross of Christ, is foolishness because that isn't what the Jews are looking for. They're demanding signs and Greeks are seeking philosophy. But verse 23, we preach Christ crucified, a stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Now that phrase, to those who are called, is so important because it shows that you are not saved by calling to God, 
and on the part of your free will, making the decision to trust in him. No, it is impossible for a human being to make such a decision, but it comes about from the power of the Holy Spirit through the means of grace, that is through word and sacrament. The word is the Bible. Remember what God said on the Mount of Transfiguration, listen to him. God the Father speaking about Jesus the Christ. That's how we are saved. Christ is the power of God. Verse 25 says, but the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. I, I think Pharaoh recognized that. He got to the Red Sea and had trapped the Israelites from being saved. But all of a sudden, the sea opened and the Israelites were able to cross over on dry ground. Now, that was really a foolish thing to Pharaoh. But what did he do? Well, he sent his army after the Israelites through the dry ground of the Red Sea. But when they got to the middle of the sea, the whole army was engulfed in the waves of the sea. It was foolishness to Pharaoh that God could do that, but it resulted in the death of many, many soldiers. So the weakness of God, the foolishness of God is stronger than men. And what is more foolish than the death of Jesus on the cross. It looks pretty foolish. Jesus looks pretty helpless, but turns out by dying, he took away our sins and provided us with eternal life. That's pretty clever. And we don't have to be a know-it-all to get it. We only need the faith from the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, for consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose those and chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing 
things that are. Well, we saw that in the many miracles of Jesus. A man is born blind. He is weak. He doesn't have sight. God simply puts some saliva and mud on his eyes, tells him to go to wash in the pool of Siloam, and he comes back seen. This is before he recognizes Jesus as the Savior. But the word of Jesus telling him to go wash in the pool is so powerful. It reminds us of the words of Jesus to the early disciples, follow me. And they immediately follow him, leaving their work that they were doing as fishermen on a boat and following Jesus because the Holy Spirit gives them the motivation to obey the command of God. So that is what is meant, that God chooses what is low and despised in the world. In fact, remember what the first announcement of the birth of Jesus, to whom was that announced? It was announced to the lowly shepherds shepherds who were considered unclean because of their dealing with the sacrificing of sheep and the necessity of becoming bloody. And then it was also revealed to wise men from the East who were Gentiles. They were not considered automatically as part of the people of God. And yet, Simeon in the temple, when he holds Jesus in his arms, he preaches that Jesus has come for the sake of both Jews and Gentiles. The lowly might boast now in the presence of God but they don't boast about their own works. They boast about the works of Jesus who died so that they will never really die, as Jesus tells Martha when he comes to raise Lazarus from the dead, and that they will therefore go to heaven for sure and live an eternal life with God the Father, the God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Verse 30, and because of him, you are in Jesus Christ, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption. That's what we learned when we, in recent months, went through the book of Proverbs. Solomon shared with us the wisdom of God as he taught his son 
the wisdom of God. And Christ teaches us the wisdom of God through the Holy Spirit after our baptism, so that now we know that what is considered foolish in the world can be considered as part of the wisdom of God. So, verse 31 concludes this particular section. As it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Now, what does that mean? We boast that we are saved, but we do not make that a selfish boast, saying to others, Oh, we're saved because we believe. No, we're saved because Jesus died on the cross, forgiven us our sins, and we have received faith to trust in those promises. That faith is not of our own making, of our own will, it is from God himself. And when did God decide to grant faith? He did not do it when we were born, when we were baptized. He actually did it from the beginning of the world. He chose, elected, those who would be saved. All of salvation is the work of the Holy Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with God the Father sending us his Son and the Holy Spirit sending us the wisdom of Jesus Christ so that we are able to do proper good works and heaven becomes our home. I'm Tom Baker. Join with us tomorrow in another Law and Gospel to bring you to a knowledge of the wisdom of God, which is the foolishness of the world, but is the way of our salvation. Until then, God bless you. Listen to Law and Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law and Gospel, please make your check out to Law and Gospel and mail to Law and Gospel P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132 or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.